0: Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to hit the follow button. Also, give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, listeners. My name is Lisa. I hope everyone's new year is starting off amazing. I hope everyone is healthy, healthy. Happy and having a great time in pursuit of the goals you might have set for yourself at the beginning of the year. But January is not only home to our New Year's resolutions and getting those things started, we also recognize several awareness causes in the month of January. And one of those causes is stalking. So we did do an episode last year defining what stalking is, but today I'm going to break it down way further uh, by talking about some different stalking profile types, so some of the characteristics and different types of stalkers, how stalking is depicted in the media, some high-profile stalking cases, discussing some myths and facts, and lastly, some resources and courses of action that victims can take if they're in a stalking situation. Before we begin, please note that some of the information I'll be sharing today may be absolutely triggering for some people, just based on first and foremost, the content itself. But we will also be talking about some statistics on violence and some different cases that involve violence. So please use your discretion whether or not to proceed with this episode and listening to it. Um, If you do just take care of yourself if needed. So to kick it off here. Let's go ahead and define stalking again we did that whole episode if anyone's curious to kind of just know more of the 101 i think it's a great idea to kind of couple that with this episode i encourage you to check it out and give it a listen i'll have it just mentioned below which episode it is down in the description so it's easier to find in our catalog so to define stalking this is a pattern of unwanted behavior when someone repeatedly watches follows harasses threatens or terrorizes someone, causing fear for their safety. And stalking affects one in four women and one in 17 men here in the U.S. And it also affects 1.4 million individuals worldwide. Stalking can happen to absolutely anyone, regardless of gender, age, socioeconomic status, culture, race. I mean, it really... It just spans across any and all identities. Although stalking is very serious um, and perhaps even you know a dangerous issue depending on the situation, we as a culture generally use this term pretty jokingly. Um, you know, and we quite often make light of it. You know, for instance, if someone wants to look at someone's social media account, it's common to hear like, "Oh, I was stalking them on their page." Or even the the rise of the term stan, um, which means a stalker and a fan. I only learned that not very long ago, by the way. I'm not really up on like new lingo. Um, But that term stan, right, that's used pretty frequently among younger people, describing people and things they really like. So where does this come from? And why do we have this kind of joking or almost lighthearted attitude about it? You know, I really think the way that we see stalking represented in the media might have a really heavy hand and why we have this lighthearted approach to it so i'm going to start by talking about how stalking's been depicted in some movies and tv shows and i think one that you know pretty immediately comes to mind is the show you on netflix Um, if you're not familiar this is a show all about a stalker um, and kind of how he goes about stalking his victims the first season it starts off with one girl in particular and then as the seasons go on it goes from there i won't give any spoilers Uh, But this show only came out a few years ago, I think it was 2019, and this was extremely popular. Um, According to the New York Times, there was around 650,000 people tuning in for each episode, and it was actually viewed in over 40 million homes in the U.S. Now, while the show was super entertaining, uh, it did also include a narrative that really romanticized and glorified stalking. And I just want to say, like, I'm not here to throw any shade at this show. There's no judgment to it or any of the fans because, you know, I was one of those people that watched the show. But it's just really important to talk about the depictions of stalking and the messaging. And I remember when it first came out, especially I saw personally so much on social media about the main character, Joe, uh, who's played by Penn Badgley. And there was like so many memes, right, making light of him being a stalker. Uh, And a lot of this was due to his physical appearance, you know, the fact he's an attractive man. Uh, A lot of the memes said things like, you know, how do I get him to stalk me instead? Um, I remember seeing one that had a a photo of him and this laundry list of different things, right? You know, saying like stalker or um, no remorse, crazy, and then like a text overlay said, oh, but I can fix him though. So... I understand there's, like, obviously humorous intent here. These memes were probably not created in any kind of, like, an insidious manner. But this can be a really harmful message, especially to victims of stalking. Um, And it also really showed me how the whole concept was so heavily romanticized for the viewers to kind of have this attitude or to think this way. Although from the start you see him following this girl, following her home, watching her through her windows, reading her text messages, um, and taking on some really borderline dangerous behavior. The way the character is written actually implores the audience to kind of be rooting for him in a sense. Uh, And the fact that he actually does go on to, quote, get the girl, and for a little bit they have you know, what kind of seemed like a happy relationship, because, you know, obviously, she had no idea this had been going on. Um, This can really put out the idea that those stalking behaviors are maybe things done out of love, or that it's romantic in a way, and that those behaviors were also successful, because it got him what he wanted. And again, that can be just such a dangerous narrative to be normalized. The organization One Love, uh, huge shout-out to them. They're fantastic. Put out a lot of violence prevention-based information, materials. Um, but they did a great article, which I have it linked below. And it lists some movies that have glorified stalking. And one from the list, I'll let you go and, you know, read it for yourself. There's only five on there, but one I wanted to mention because I found it so interesting was they mentioned the movie. notebook right this popular love story and I saw this movie once and I think it was I gotta say two decades ago when I saw the movie so I remembered practically nothing about any of the details of the movie besides you know they fall in love and da 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 but when I watched the clip that they posted in the article and again linked below take a look uh, I was stunned to say the least because again I did not remember this but The clip itself shows a scene where the lead role, the female lead, Allie, she's on a date with another man. They're at a carnival. They are on the Ferris wheel together. And suddenly you see the male lead, Noah. Again, they eventually end up together. But you see him run over. He jumps onto the moving Ferris wheel, which prompts both Allie and her date to be like, what are you doing? Who are you? Like, they're obviously concerned, a little bit frightened, very confused, and then Noah goes on to introduce himself and repeatedly and really intensely begins to ask, will you go out with me, which Allie just continually replies, no, and at that time, uh, Noah reaches out and begins to hang from one of the spokes of the Ferris wheel, so he's literally just hanging in the air high up, and then he starts asking repeatedly again if she'll go out with him. When she keeps saying no, he lets one hand go. So he's hanging from one hand and he says, Well, you leave me no choice then. Essentially threatening that, you know, he's going to harm himself, he's going to fall if she doesn't agree until, you know, she finally does say yes to de escalate the situation. Um, and of course, I mean, you know, this is a movie and this could be seen in this, you know, romanticized movie sense that it's some. Um, overly romantic gesture or it's not that serious or that's how much he cares about going on on a date with her but i mean it was just like an extremely unhealthy and <laughs> dangerous situation um so yeah i wanted to bring that up because there's a lot of moments like that and again that's definitely not the only movie and there's several more movies that include elements like that that are outside of that list that's mentioned in that article But outside of movies and TV shows, there's been several instances of stalking in the news. So, among true crime stories um, and celebrity stalkers as well. So, celebrities like Selena Gomez, Sandra Bullock, Taylor Swift, John Lennon, and I mean so many more, have had some pretty horrifying encounters with stalkers that resulted in Selena Gomez selling her home after her stalker broke in multiple times. Taylor Swift having her stalker arrested after multiple threats against her and her family's life, Sandra Bullock having described PTSD after her stalking incidents, and of course, John Lennon's life ending tragically at the hands of his obsessive and violent stalker. And right now, I also do want to mention this one because it's so fresh, and I know here in the United States, this is something that a lot of people are talking about. Um, So I wanted to bring up the recent Idaho murder case that involved the alleged killer, Brian Kohlberger, and we say alleged because he has not been convicted, um, and so, you know, we're always going with the air that he is innocent until proven guilty, so this is allegedly. But as new information put out by the family and the police investigation details that Brian was most likely stalking one of the victims prior to the night of the murders. So again, I think it's so important that we respect the fact that stalking is an extremely serious issue that can cause serious psychological or even great bodily harm to a victim. So being mindful about how we approach this topic um, or, you know, using it in a joking manner, it's, it's really important when it comes to standing with victims and not allowing a culture of normalcy that could lead to justification of any of these dangerous actions so let's now dive in to the different types of stalkers out there to help us understand a little more on the different types of stalking occurrences and some ideas of why this occurs and I will just say with my psychology background this makes my kind of profiling interested heart very happy to do so, Um, but I just really thought it was important because I think it really sheds a light on some of, you know, the deeper motivations. Of course, it's always about some kind of power and control, um, but I think it really is insightful to know that there are different profiles and different characteristics. So the first type is the domestic stalker. So this is stalking a former partner or a spouse, usually with the intention of, If I can't have you, nobody else can, or maybe this individual not feeling able to let go or move on, or even sometimes to intentionally harm the victim psychologically or ruin their life due to the pain caused by the breakup. So perhaps they're showing up at work, um, trying to get them fired or just in trouble with their boss. Or maybe the harassment dampens a new romantic relationship they have because it's just incessant and it's making it really difficult for that new couple. 44% of male victims and 61% of female victims are stalked by former intimate partners, So this is the stalker that we see most commonly, especially working in the domestic violence fields, Um, you know, after victims leave and escape the abuse, you know, it's not uncommon for that perpetrator uh, that they usually have a hard time, again, letting go of the power and control, right, that they had over the victim survivor in that relationship. So stalking post breakup is another way to keep that control over them even after the relationship has ended. The second type of stalker is the intimacy seeker. So this type is seeking a close emotional and psychological relationship with a target through the repeated watching, the following, perhaps gift giving or showing up unexpectedly in their life. And typically this type of stalker isn't known to be physically dangerous as they believe that they're in a real relationship with the victim, uh, and there may be really strong feelings of admiration or love for the victim. It's often that they possess little social skills or experience with healthy relationships. Um, They can even lack personal insights on how their repeated unwanted behavior impacts the victim. Issues with mental health can also be a part of this as well. So actually a good example is looking at the show, You, that we talked about earlier. Now, although Joe does turn out to be extremely violent and dangerous, at first he seems to present almost as this intimacy stalker uh, because he really deeply desires a relationship with his first victim and goes to really unhealthy and great lengths to, quote, protect her, so to speak, by evaluating her friends and going to her house and making sure things are secure and constantly monitoring her to make sure that she's safe. And again, you know, he's kind of a guy that doesn't have a lot of those social skills. Um, You know, he really is kind of to himself, doesn't really obviously have a great understanding of the healthy relationship. And so I think just personally kind of looking at this, uh, he would initially fall into this type pretty well. The next type is the resentful stalker. So this individual feels rejected by either that specific target that they are stalking, or maybe another person they tried to connect with rejected them. And now someone else reminds them of that person, right? And so that's how they made the choice. And that's how they chose, essentially, their victim. So now they're looking to dominate, control, or manipulate the victim out of revenge for their rejection. So they're Very vengeful type people. They can be extremely dangerous. And while this could be a former partner, this could also be a variety of different people Uh, a disgruntled ex employee, a vengeful family member, or friend, or neighbor really anyone known to the victim who may be wanting payback for anything that could have occurred between the two of them. The last type is the predatory stalker. This is hands down the most dangerous type they usually spy online or in person and they do this and choose a victim and stalk them because it satisfies them in a way since they're able to conquer someone or take complete control of their life oftentimes there is a fantasy of assaulting or physically harming the victim so stalking can be the precursor to some kind of an attack and this type can be anybody um, including a stranger or acquaintance Typically, the victims are unaware, or a lot of the time they may be unaware they're being stalked as they're being very closely monitored and followed. And according to a Cambridge study, predatory stalkers, while they are the most dangerous, they also make up the smallest percentage of the stalking types. So there's a little bit of like a ah, sigh there, right? Um, They are absolutely the least common type to happen. And... To go back to the Idaho student's case that I brought up a little bit earlier. So this alleged killer, Brian Kohlberger, he really seems to fit under this category uh, as some of the evidence that's come out has shown not only him attempting to contact one of the victims repeatedly on her social media account to no avail, but also the cell phone records obtained by the police. They showed that his cell phone pinged on the street where they lived. So he had essentially driven by the resident's several times in the months leading up to the murder and there's also some loose information that he may have frequented a restaurant where two of the victims worked so even though there is no evidence to suggest that any of the victims knew who Brian was all of these behaviors were occurring leading up to that horrific and really sad incident and I also mentioned too that there's some varying schools of thought um, in several professional communities regarding the different profiles I saw some lists that had, you know, some different um, types of stalkers. One had a separate section for the, quote, celebrity stalker that focused on celebrities. Others that included, quote, love scorned stalkers. Um, but after kind of looking at anything and everything I could find and compiling my research, it really seemed like they all kind of went back and fit into one of those five categories. Uh, but I just wanted to include that piece so there wasn't confusion. If any of you go on to look into this further, you might see some different names. Um, and it's again, just really just different schools of thought. So now I'm going to share a few statistics and debunk some myths about stocking. And I think. This is also extremely important, right? Because again, in a world where we may see things in the media, movies, in songs, um, on TV shows, you know, there's so many different opportunities for us to intake information on stalking, um, but we don't always know if it's necessarily correct or again, if it's, you know, actually damaging in a way. So we're going to go through some myths, some facts, and some stats to help clear up any of that confusion, the first myth i'm going to share is that if you ignore stalking it will go away unfortunately not Um, the fact is is that the nature of stalking it's persistence so stalkers rarely just stop on their own and In reality, the behavior has a possibility of becoming more violent as time goes on, which is why we encourage victims to seek support from advocates, the police, the justice system, to intervene and help stop it from happening. Because again, ignoring it um, is usually not going to be the cure, right? Or make this go away. The second myth is that stalking is creepy, but it's not dangerous, Um, And I think we've already, you know, through the discussions we've had so far, kind of figured out that, nope, it is absolutely dangerous. Um, Not every situation, but it absolutely has the capacity to be very dangerous. Three out of four women who were killed by an intimate partner were stalked by them prior. Um, And so again, this is something that we really should not be taking lightly, although not every stalking situation is physically dangerous. There could be a lot of psychological harm done to that victim as well. So, of course, again, this is a very dangerous issue. The next myth is that you can't be stalked by someone you're still in a relationship with. Fact, if your partner uses any means to track your whereabouts or follows you in a way that causes you fear, that is stalking. And we actually have a previous episode. Um, and again, I'll mention that down in the description below, so it's easy to find. It's called How Can Technology Be Used in Abusive Relationships? And we talk about a lot of different ways that technology can be introduced to stalk or keep tabs on a victim. Um, there's just a lot of different ways, especially now with the rise of technology. We have things like you know, those Apple AirTags, which are really small, really easy to conceal there's so many ways that someone can um, you know track you or follow you so again check out that episode if you're interested to hear more about those different types of technology that could be used to keep tabs on somebody unknowingly the next myth is that if you confront your stalker they will stop or they will go away fact every situation is different but stalkers can be so unpredictable They can be unreasonable or, again, even extremely dangerous. So that's why it's so important to seek out support to help intervene and stop it from happening. Um, You know, this shouldn't be done by a friend or family member trying to stick up for you or you yourself. Please err on the side of caution. Take care of you. Take care of the ones you love. And go and seek support for that um, instead of trying to confront them yourselves. The next myth is that you can easily... Stop the stalking from occurring by moving or changing your address or your schedule. Fact while it could be an unfortunate but like good idea to take these measures, the victim can only do what is in their power. And no one can actually stop the behavior other than the stalker themselves. We also live in a world where everyone and everything is online. So even after moving or changing an address, cyber-stalking online can still occur. And it's not uncommon for stalkers to post on websites, other media platforms, or create online ads using the victim's pictures and information to essentially dox them. If you're not familiar with what doxing is, it is divulging information such as an address or other personal information about someone else that can identify them or expose their location, anything like that. So what can someone do if they're experiencing stalking? I know I've gone through a lot, right? I've dropped a lot of heavy information. We've talked about the different types of stalkers, um, you know, talked about some of those myths and facts, which could seem a little bit doom and gloom. But there are a lot of steps that can be taken and just a lot of support out there for anyone who's experiencing this. So number one is just seek support from a trained advocate. If you're living in the Tahoe area, Live Violence Free is here to support you and also to walk you through several different options that you can take. Um, some of the options that we can help you with is connecting you with law enforcement, advocating on your behalf to seek an order of protection if needed. Uh, we have a fantastic legal team at Live Violence Free that could really help you know, make any court or law enforcement process just a lot less overwhelming. We can provide support in court, if it goes to that level. So if you're not in the area, seek out a domestic violence agency near you to get the support that you need. And I did link below a site that allows you to search for agencies throughout the country. There's also an international search for all of our listeners that are abroad. So you can find the agency closest to you. And also, I just want to mention that 20 to 30% of individuals seek counseling when it comes to stalking just due to the possibility of increased anxiety, um, depression, fear, even PTSD. So a domestic violence agency can also provide you counseling or refer you to counseling or therapy if needed as well, because it's so important not only to get that support to help get that situation under control, but also just to take care of yourself because that is a lot to go through. The second thing that you can do is document any events of stalking. And if you have the means to, I mean, even getting security cameras outside the house, the ring doorbell, or, you know, I know there's little cameras on Amazon that you can easily install. A lot of them are way under $100, especially if you're just getting one or two. Um, So, you know, these cameras can catch instances of this person's coming around your home. Having video footage is really, really good to have. Just documenting in general is so important because, you know, if you're reporting to the police or taking the prosecution route right taking this person to court if you have a log of documented incidents this is going to greatly help not only the police to investigate it but also in the court process as well Um, so keep a log even if it seems like you know you're thinking like oh this might be silly to put this down like this this doesn't seem like maybe it's a big deal write it all down, document it somewhere, um, include the date and time, and also include how it made you feel, right? If this is something, and again, I don't care how, quote, silly or harmless that this instance might have been. If this is something that made you feel afraid, uh, or really uncomfortable, document that as well. Because a lot of times when it comes to crime and the police getting involved. you know there's certain kind of key elements to different crimes that needs to be there to really you know push it forward, to have an arrest made um, or to again like prosecute it down the line. And the biggest element for stalking is fear. So yeah if you're feeling afraid in those moments, like absolutely include that as well. All of that is going to greatly help you again if you proceed forward, including law enforcement or any of the other um, judicial steps that you can take next switch up your routines or schedule if possible and i absolutely do not love the fact that some of these suggestions include the victim changing up their daily lives because you know it's pretty unfair to have to change things when it's not their fault that this is happening they're not making this choice but if you know that someone's following you from your home or to and from work school or otherwise taking different routes to those locations or changing your schedule around whenever possible can make it challenging for the stalker to kind of keep that constant monitoring on you. So kind of can just give you a little bit of breathing room um, and just throw them off the trail a little bit. Next, be mindful of your internet use. So especially if some cyber stalking has occurred or if you suspect that part of the stalking might be stemming from information that's collected from your social media accounts you know be very aware of your posts um, and not geotagging or including location tags if you're posting pictures be very mindful also of your friends list right do you have people on there that you have no idea who they are maybe time to kind of do a little house cleaning right in that area and you know think about like who deserves to kind of be here and see all this personal information and be a part of my personal life So again, go through your friends list, right? If you don't know people and this kind of stuff's happening to you, maybe a really good idea um, to only have the people that you absolutely know who they are, your friends, loved ones, family, following you. And also take a good look at your privacy settings. Uh, You know, just make sure that you're not allowing information about your personal life or your whereabouts to be shared. And also, if you're not a big social media person to begin with, Um, You know, you could consider lessening your social media presence or doing things like little things, even changing your profile picture to something more ambiguous. So instead of your face, it's your pet, um, just to make it a little more difficult to find you or have that access to you. Tip number five is alert others. So individuals such as your trusted friends, loved ones, close family, um, and even if you're comfortable, like your coworkers and boss and HR department. That way, there's just more eyes to look out for any suspicious activity, if someone's coming around, if someone's trying to make contact, calling into work, trying to get a hold of you. And also, I mean, this could really just help to keep anyone from giving out your personal information to someone maybe calling in and pretending to be a loved one. Number six, create a safety plan. So I do have um, safety plans linked below, information for stocking safety plans specifically that you can take a look at and create if necessary. And safety plans are essentially to prepare you ahead of time for scenarios that can be out of our control we have safety plans for everything especially in this field we have domestic violence safety plans um, obviously stalking just so many different types we do also have a full episode on safety plans if you're interested in learning more about that again that will be mentioned below so it's easy to find uh, but they are pretty self-explanatory especially if you kind of go through the process and do the walkthrough of creating one so I encourage you to go check that out as well if that's something you feel like might be helpful for you or maybe someone that you know that might be going through this. The last tip is call 911 if needed. You know, trust yourself. Trust your instincts. If you feel afraid and if you feel you're in danger... And I don't care, you know, maybe you're trying to talk yourself out of it in that moment. Like, well, this is silly or, you know, will the police judge me when they get here? Is this person still going to be around, um, you know, when the police get here? None of that matters. Like, if you are in danger, if you are afraid, call immediately and get the help you need. Today's day and age here in the United States, there's so many cops and law enforcement officers They are really understanding, right, of the issues of stalking. They get um, the fear that could be created. They also understand completely the level of danger that can sometimes be involved in stalking. Again, utilize that resource if needed. Don't feel afraid. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like you're going to be judged. Trust yourself and make the call if you need to. With all of that, again, you know, this was a heavier episode. I think it's a great time to just stop and take a breath, do a little meditation. It's not going to be anything fancy. We're just going to focus on our breath for a few minutes here. So if you are available right now to take on this meditation, I encourage you to just get into a comfortable position. You can be seated, laying, standing, If you really want to, you can always pause right here. You can set up a little kind of meditative space, light a candle, some incense if you'd like. But once you're in your comfortable position, I just want you to start focusing on your breath. We're not going to change it right now. You're just going to continue to breathe as normal. But I just want you to start paying attention to the breath. And also, I want you to start paying attention to your body. So kind of do a scan head to toe. Just check in with how you're feeling. there's any tension hanging on, any stiffness. Now, I want you to start taking our meditative breath, which is deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. And as you're breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth, feel free to send some of that breath to any area of your body that was holding any tension. Maybe you hold your stress in your shoulders and neck. Send the breath there and help just relax those muscles. With every exhale, I want you to just sink down a little bit deeper, allowing gravity to kind of just pull your muscles down into your seat or down into that laying position, just relaxing you a little further. Find a rhythm with your breathing You can even count in your head, making your inhales the same length as your exhales. And if anything comes up for you during this time, any thoughts, any worries, any distractions, I want you to just acknowledge them and let them pass right by. And right now, the only important thing is you breathing in and breathing out. On your next inhale, take a big breath in through your nose, really fill your lungs and hold for a count of three, and a big exhale out. We're gonna do that again. Big inhale in, really fill your lungs, and hold for three, and a big exhale out. And if you'd like to, You can always just stay in this comfortable space. You can continue with your meditative breath. Feel free to pause here if you'd like to extend this and continue on. But if you're ready, I invite you to go back to your normal breathing, wiggle around, do a little stretch, bring some energy back to your body, kind of bring yourself back into the room, And I hope that was a nice little moment of zen for anybody out there that needed it. Um, You know, we do this every single episode because we know how important it is to not only just engage in self-care in general, but breathwork is just such an incredible, completely free, easily accessible tool that, you know, is good for everyone to partake in. Even if you don't have a lot of time, if you're busy, you're a mom or a dad, or you just work all the time, doesn't matter. Um, Even if you can squeeze in just a few minutes of breathing, it really does wonders for the body. So again, I hope that was enjoyable. So to wrap up here, I just really wanted to reiterate that stalking, again, it's obviously very serious um, and quite often a dangerous issue. So please just be mindful, be aware of how we speak or joke about stalking. Also, it's good to be aware of how stalking is sometimes depicted in the media, right? Like as we chatted about earlier with only those very few examples, and that's obviously not the whole list of examples in media by any means whatsoever, uh, but we often see it glorified or romanticized in a lot of ways. And it's just really good to be aware of that, right? Um... And not to say that you shouldn't watch things or listen to music or anything like that that includes stalking. Um, But again, just being aware. And also you could have conversations with others, right? Maybe you are watching those kinds of shows with friends or family or listening to music with that messaging. Um, You know, if conversations can be had with other people to kind of debunk those harmful messages, that's a wonderful thing. And just know that if you are being stalked, uh, there's a lot of support out there for you. I've included a lot of resources below for you to check out, Um, or maybe even if it's someone that you know that's going through this, right, a lot of these resources can help you in supporting them. And just remember that if you are a victim of stalking, you did absolutely nothing to bring this on yourself. There's nothing you did to invite this on you. There's nothing that you are doing to, you know, keep this um, happening or making it any worse. This is a choice that that person is making, okay? So again, you should hold no shame and absolutely no responsibility, right, for this occurring. really want to thank the listeners for just joining us, becoming more informed, and I hope you will join us for our next conversation.